Greetings, everyone. This is the day that the Lord has made, and we what we gonna do? We will rejoice and be glad in it. Oh, we welcome you here, those here who are here live in the sanctuary, and those of you who are live virtually. We are glad to be once again in the house of the Lord. I just want to just say something to our director of music this morning. She has been with me for so many years. She and her husband and her children, the music department, and uh, she's one of my spiritual daughters. She, she knows she's number one, but you can't tell everybody but today is her graduation day, and she graduates today with her master's degree in education. We are so proud of you, Hope. We're so proud of you. She's been with me since Compton. Yeah. Now she's with me in Pacoima. And when I retire, she's gonna take me camping. Yes, she is. That's what she's gonna and so now, as we celebrate the life of one of God's faithful children, we're going to ask her to come and lead us now in praise. Because what happens when we praise him? Praises go up, blessings come down. Come now, hope. Thank you so much. One thing we have to realize is that we have to give up something to serve the Lord. The main thing is ourselves. We're just better. When he is our more than enough, we're, we're just better. When we live in his presence, each Give my own self away so that God can use me. Come with us now to the New Testament book of Acts. New Testament book of Acts, chapter 1. Acts chapter 1, verses 6 through 11. And as you have the word in front of you or as you are open to hear the word, won't you stand out of reverence for God's holy word. And to listen now for the word of the Lord. So when they had come together, they ask him, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? It's a political question. And he replied, it's not for you to know the times or periods that the father has set by his own authority. 
But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And when he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were, while he was going, while he was going and they were gazing up toward the heaven. And then suddenly, suddenly, two men in white robes stood by them. They said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up toward heaven? This Jesus, this Jesus who has been taken up from you into heaven, he will come back in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated in the presence of God. Won't you pray with and for me? Lord, here I am one more time. Asking that you would allow the words of my mouth. The meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, for you are my strength. And you, you are my redeemer. In the precious and holy name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Let the church say amen. Now, put a smile on your face, saints of God. You're special people. Our sermon topic for the day is the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel of, of Jesus Christ is a term used all the time in Christian circles. The word gospel, it literally means good news. And it's mentioned over 90 times in the Bible. Now, when we broadly speaking about the gospel, we're talking about all of scripture. We're talking about the Bible because the gospel is found in this book, the full story, the full narrative of God's plan to restore humanity to himself is in this book. So specifically speaking, the gospel is the good news about Jesus, the story of who he is and what he did and what he's doing now, whenever you say, God is good, what's your response? And all the time, that's the gospel. Praise your name. Also, somebody's still asking me, but I don't understand. What, what's the gospel? Let me just keep saying this, because 
Simply put, the gospel is the good news, and the good news is this, that God, the creator of the universe, is good and desires a personal relationship with you and with me. I'm not talking about Tyrone. I'm talking about God. Not Jim. Not Ernest. God. God wants a relationship. The creator of all the earth, sovereign God, all power in his hand, wants a relationship with you and with me. But, somebody say but, 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 but unfortunately, human beings today are, are just tilted. That's what my, my birth daughter says. She say, mama, you know, we all just look tilted. Humanity is tilted to the dark side and basically taught everything that God is. And in order to have this intimate relationship with us, God had to send his son. We kept messing up. He said, don't eat that fruit. We, we ate it anyway. He said, read the word and do what I say. We don't. So God sent his own son. I say, God is God. He sent his own self, self. Oh, that's God. As a willing and proper sacrifice to suffer and die for all of the things that we do wrong, making full payment for our stuff. And then, and then he conquered death for us. And he, he was raised from the dead for us. And then on this Ascension Sunday, he ascended into heaven, making a way for us to come. You think about it, nothing was about him. Everything he did and everything he does is for us. You and me for us. And so, beloved, on this day, our lesson will teach us the gospel, the good news of the ascension of Jesus. We remember his activity on the earth that included all the marvelous things that Jesus did. We remember how he was, we remember how he was beaten and bled and died on an old rugged cross our sins and he then rose from the dead and walked and talked with his disciples for 40 days. We now, well, that, 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 that's what he did. He walked and talked with them for 40 days just to prove to them that he had arose from the dead. Well, now we turn our attention on the day that our Lord and Savior on the day that Jesus Christ was going back to heaven. He was going back to sit at the right hand 
of God, the Father. And we call that the ascension of the Lord. You know, many times when you have so tired and weary, you need to remember that God is sitting on the right hand. Jesus is sitting on the right hand of God the Father, interceding from me and you, saying, oh, Daddy, give him another chance. You know, I was down there with him. There's hope. There's hope, God. Father, help him, Lord. I'm here now. See, he's there to help God, who is holy, 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 sits high, but he looks low to remind him of how fragile we are. And so, beloved, look at this. The law of gravity dictates that what goes up must what? Must come down. And, and you throw an object up in the air, you will know it will come down to the ground. If you throw a feather up in the air, then it will come down real slowly. Throw a rock up. Uh, you better get out the way. Because the rock will come down. And while all objects have a different rate of return to earth, there are none that can defy gravity. However, however, Jesus' ascension, his, his going up, his traveling up to heaven, defied the law of, of gravity. He went up. And he didn't come down. He stayed up. He stayed up in heaven. The crowd watched him go up, and they waited for him to come down. The Bible said they kept looking. They had never seen someone or something go up and not come down. The Apostle Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 6, that, that there were more than 500 people present at the ascension event, the time when Jesus returned to heaven to sit at the right hand of God the Father. And we can assume that they and the disciples came together again at Jesus' instruction. Jesus said, meet me somewhere. Jesus apparently planned this specific occasion. He wanted them present for his final commands before he ascended back to heaven and so and so they gathered and when Jesus appeared among them I can imagine how ecstatic they were you see in their minds I they can they thought Jesus was dead here Jesus comes can you imagine seeing Jesus who had died alive again? Listen, listen. In my mind's eye, in my mind's eye, I can visualize how difficult it must have been to calm all them people down enough to, for Jesus to give them his final instructions. Mm. You see, they were to affirm Jesus' divine nature. He's a God of miracles. The trouble is, we think if we can't do it, God can't do it. But God is a God of miracles. And Jesus wanted the people to see the miracle of God. 
and to know that they know that they know that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Oh, Jesus affirmed his divinity in three ways. We're just going to go through this real fast. Three ways in our lesson. The first way was that Jesus, Jesus, Jesus is always demonstrating to us uh, his power. So first, Jesus promised the kingdom, the kingdom. Bible, he said, the kingdom is, is coming. One of the disciples asked, he asked the question, Lord, is this the time when you will restore America? I mean, the kingdom of Israel? Because he wanted to know if that, that was the reason Jesus had called everybody together. They expected Jesus to solve the political situation that they were in on earth. Beloved, this worldly-minded army of followers had only one thing on their mind. They wanted Jesus to restore Jewish power. Restore Jewish power. They wanted Jesus to free them from Roman rule, to lead them not into temptation, but deliver them from all that is evil. And, and they didn't want to wait. Mm. They, they didn't want to wait. Sometimes we want to push God to do what only God can do. But we don't give God the permission to do it in his time and his way. Somebody needs to say amen. Some people are asking today, when will it be on earth as it is in heaven? God, because things are really bad down here, Lord. They really bad. You can't go shopping, Lord, without thinking about you might lose your life. You, you can't. God is bad down here. There's wars everywhere. God, people coming from Mexico to get some freedom and they're treated less than an animal. God, it's bad down here. Child of God, make no mistake about it. Jesus is going to set up his kingdom on this earth. Yes, he is. He's here already in the hearts and the minds of those who believe in him, but there is more to come. Jesus will rule and reign on earth because Jesus promised the apostles and the pastors, the teachers, his followers, that they would sit upon thrones judging the people of America. Oh, Lord, I mean Israel. I keep getting that. I'm sorry. It's my age. Uh -uh. But we cannot sit around waiting, just getting caught up in our flesh, craving for position and recognition and prestige rule and control. You know, that's why some people join the church so that they can rule and control and think they somebody. Glory, glory to God. The problem is you need to be trying to do that on your job. Because this is my job. And you need to do that on your job so you can get promoted Make some more money and pay your tithes. That's what I want you to do. Hey, hey, hey. That's what I want you to do. Our focus should be on witnessing. Witnessing. Talking about 
the gospel of Jesus Christ and doing ministry. That's, that's where our, our focus ought to be. Listen, listen. While we wait for Jesus' return, there is a world out there that needs to hear our testimonies about the glorious salvation that's available to everyone through Jesus Christ. Are you talking? Are you telling somebody? Are you witnessing? He gave us a job to do. We have work to do, and that is spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. So, so Jesus rebuked, uh, you know, this little, this little sweet Jesus y'all talk about. He, okay, he wasn't like that all the time. He was fully human, fully human. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. He was fully human. So he got up. He said, listen, it's not for you to know. Ooh. It's not for you to know the time or periods that the Father has set by his own authority. In other words, it ain't your business. That's God's business. God will set the time when Jesus comes again because he does things in his own power. In other words, we need to learn to leave God to his work. And we need to worry about our work because it makes no sense to focus to forecast the point of setting dates and making plans for when Jesus comes again. That, that type of foolishness has been tried before, and it has always ended in the uh, embarrassment of being wrong. How many times have we heard that the world was coming to an end and people put a date on it? See, wisdom says, yes, it's coming to an, an end, but we don't know the date or the time. Which means always be ready. Because we know it's going to happen. We need to just be ready every day until the day comes because it's coming. It's coming. So get ready. And then secondly, Jesus affirmed his goodness by assigning each believer, each believer, each saint, uh, some work to do, a, a task. We call it the Great Commission. And so we don't listen to it because I, I say this over and over and over again. I don't understand what Christians don't understand about go make disciples. I, I don't understand what we don't understand about that. But you will receive power this is what he told the people. Just, just shut up. Stop thinking about the date and the time. It ain't your business. That's God's business. But for you, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Pacoma and Silmar and Burbank and Santa Clarita oh, all over. And then he ended the whole world. John Wesley, the founder of the United Methodist Church, used to say, because, you know, we, we want pastors to be in the church all the time. He said, the world is our parish. The whole world. We can't leave nobody out. 
to the ends of the earth. So we look at this tool that God has given us. We, we talk about our lack of ability and our time and our outside interest taking up our time. Because we don't want to do God's work. Oh, Jesus, help me. We, we want to be involved in all this other stuff. <laughs> we refuse to let the power of the Holy Spirit take over within us. Because you know what? Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, things happen, says the Lord, says the Lord. You know, the church, when it doesn't have the motivation, that means it ain't got the Holy Ghost. Ooh, somebody. Because we want to ignore the Holy Spirit, and we want to wrestle control for the Holy Spirit. And, and then we wonder why we don't have motivation or the courage or the fortitude or the ambition to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. I had a church once, and... Uh, I probably have told you this. I had a church once, and they would just, you know, they would brag on the fact that they would give government cheese to the people. They'd be so proud, and then they'd say, you can get your cheese, but first you have to sign in. I'm going, that's the church. Why are you going to ask somebody, sign? We have to let the government know. You have to let the government ought to be shame of itself for sending some cheese down here. We ain't no rats. The government can't do better than that. I said, you know what? Close it down. You gonna brag about giving people cheese? Close it down. In fact, everything in the church. Close everything down. Close everything down. United Methodist women, United Methodist men, administrative council, all fine. Everything, close it down. Close it down until you receive the power of the Holy Spirit. Ah, uh, I'll take the Holy Spirit over all things or people every day. And I didn't realize it until I received it. Because that same church said 10 years later, Pastor, We've come places we didn't know we were going. We thank Pastor. We're so sorry we treated you so bad. But we're so happy that you stood your ground. Because now, Pastor, we feel in the Holy Ghost for the first time in our lives. He's here. I said, yes, because I insisted that you sit down and let God stand up. This ain't about us. It's all about him. I can't. You know, with God's spirit dwelling in me, let me just testify. See, that's what, when you're spreading the gospel, you, you testify. You know what? With the Holy Spirit dwelling in me, he's proven that. With him, I can conquer anything. With him, I can silence any critic. <laughs> With him, I can remove any stumbling block and achieve any goal. With him, with him, with him while others are stumbling around in the dark, trying to please themselves. You know we're under a test now, church. 
God is asking a question. Is it about me or is it about you? Is it about me, God is asking church, or is it about you? I prefer to focus on the Holy Spirit's equipping energy. I prefer to focus on pleasing God. Don't sit on the gospel. It's the good news. So the disciples were huddled together in seclusion until the coming of the Holy Spirit and all fear and excuses would melt away. In other words, we need to stop and dwell on the church being empowered with the power from on high. Because when we, the church, desire and accept the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit into each of our souls, that's when extraordinary things happen. I pastor churches that didn't have no money. Hallelujah, but I'm going to tell you something. At the end of every year, we had paid off stuff. We didn't have no money. But at the end of every year, God will do extraordinary things. At the end of every year, I said, couldn't be nobody but God. Oh, when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, the number one thing that happens is that we change. We, we, we change. When the people got the Holy Ghost and they'd ask us to go somewhere and we go to places, usually United Methodist Church, we go to places that didn't have the Holy Spirit, I would say to them, See, we always been tested. Y'all got to know that. Say, listen, when we go to that proper church, don't you ignore the power of the Holy Spirit that is within you. Don't you sit there like them. You say, amen. You say, preach, preacher. You say, thank you, Jesus. And so we went to this real uppity church. I can talk about it because I was one of them at one time, long time ago. Uh, United Methodist Church. So they don't want to have no Holy Ghost. Uh, he might make them mess up their makeup or something. He might be in control or something. As if that would be a bad thing. So you go and drink your liquor and let it be in control. Are you going smoke your joints? Let that be in control. Ah, I'm going to preach today. I know y'all. I'm preach today. Ah, sometimes you let your children be in control. Oh, glory to God. But I'm going to tell you something. Sometimes your friends talk about you because you are a Christian and you love the Lord. And I said before, they'll say, it ain't no use for all of that. Oh, but it is. Oh, but it is. Oh, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. And so they'd go and they'd act up. Anointed by the Holy Ghost. Oh, I can remember one church, the pastor even stood up 
to see who was saying amen in his church. I'm going, Pastor, you ain't intimidating me. I'm scared to leave here and explain to God why I let you intimidate me from expressing the power of the Holy Spirit within me. I don't care what you think. I'm going to shout when the Spirit says shout. I'm going to sing when the Spirit says sing. I'm going to clap my hands in the midst of all this silence and let people be blessed with the echo. Hey, you should have asked somebody else to come preach. And then they would say, you couldn't be no United Methodist. I go born and reared. Born and reared, I'm evidence that the Holy Ghost will come in any church that invites him in. Glory to God, I'm United Methodist. Then they say, you are a Methacostal. Well, thank you very much. Thank you very much. It just means I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. So yeah, I'll take that. I'm a Methacostal. So we must get busy and, and teach the world that no godly purpose in life can happen without the Holy Spirit. No solutions to problems without the Holy Spirit. No real joy, no comfort for loneliness, no hope for the future without the Holy Spirit. And so, he said to, to the disciples, you're going to go. You're going to go and you're going to spread the word. And then, all of a sudden, see, people be talking about the church trying to be so dramatic. Well, it ought to be. We can't beat God with drama. God was the most dramatic that I know. Who can just say, let there be? Hey, that's just filled with drama. Let there be light. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. He said, you go and make disciples. And then at the end of his speech, he just levitated. They watched him go up. Into the heavens. There's drama to its best. Don't let the movies and the theater take our Holy Ghost drama. He went up, but he is coming back down. He's coming back down. We we look for his return. While we carried the cross. We, we look for his return while we spread his gospel. We are looking while we satisfy the hungry. And we, while we defeat our enemies. While we work untiring. While we fight unceasingly. The first time Jesus came to redeem. But when he returned to heaven, he, he's coming back to delight and, and take us back with him. What did he say? I'm, this is all about me. I'm going, I'm going to prepare a place for you. 
to prepare a place for you. There's a joke about a rich woman who would never put much money in the church. And there was a poor woman who worked for her who would give her 10, 12, 13, 14 percent. She, she did what the Bible said. Do she, She'd pay her tithes. So, so when the rich woman died and, and went to heaven, Jesus said, well, let me take you to the place that I prepared for you. She passed this beautiful mansion. She thought that was the place. He kept going. He passed a little ranch-made house. You know, it was cute. She thought that was a house, although she thought that mansion should have been her house. After all on earth, she could get anything she wanted with her money. But she never went to church. So Jesus just kept driving and driving and driving. And finally, he came to this shack. This run-down shack. And she was like, I, I could just hear you. He tripping. I don't know why he's stopping at this house. That couldn't be. Can't be my house. And he said, you can get out now because that's your house. She said, but God, but God, but God. He said, that mansion we passed by. That was Sister Mary's house, the one that worked for you. You see, I prepared a place for you by what you sent up for me to build it with. <laughs> you never sent up anything, not a prayer, not a dime, not a praise. Not a glory. Just be happy I'll let you in anyway. <laughs> but that, that shack, is all I could do with what you sent up to me. Oh, he's coming back again. And while we wait, while we wait eagerly for the Lord to come back, Again, we better be sending up some praise and some, some glory and some money and some work and some prayers. Or we're going to eagerly take the gospel, all the good news out to the world because somebody needs to know that we are not ashamed of the gospel. Of Jesus Christ. Ah, oh, one time I asked for all the big mouth women in the church to meet me after church. There's a lot of them too. They was honest. They were me. If anybody's ever called you a big mouth, meet me after church. Because this is the time that God is going to use big mouth people. 
people who will go to the grocery store and think, I'm not ashamed. Look at somebody and say, God is good. Look at somebody and say, God will never leave you or forsake you. Oh, open your mouth, even to your family and your friends. You know, everybody ain't saved. They need to be. Just say, glory. Glory to God. Glory. I give you glory, God. If it had not been, it's my motto. For the Lord who was on my side. Oh, I ain't ashamed to tell the story of how I've overcome because it was God all the time. Tell somebody. Spread the gospel of Jesus Christ because we are not ashamed. Don't be too cute. Don't act like you don't know what to say. If you just say glory to God. If you just say, I love you, Lord, say it in public. God's been good to me. You need God right now. The gospel of Jesus Christ, it is God's power of salvation to everyone that believes it. God is good. You got to believe he is because he is. God is love. You have to believe that he is because he is. There is nobody greater. All you have to do is just receive it and then know the gospel. We shall have everlasting. see to it that our work on earth will be rewarded in a place called heaven. That's the good news. Everything we do for God, it ain't for nothing. Oh, but when the day comes, and it is coming, when he comes back for his own My mama used to say, Lydia, you just love things that twinkle. I said, yeah, I'm black. I like diamonds and stuff. I don't have none, but I like them. She said, every time you do a good deed in the name of Jesus, he puts another jewel in your crown. I just want to be stumbling all over heaven with that crown. It's so heavy. I just want. Spread the gospel of Jesus Christ because God's word is, is healing for every nation. His word is power unto all salvation. God's word can. It came all the way from glory. God.
God's word sets the captives free and made the blind to see. And that's why we can say, we. I love that song. Sing it for us, daughter. Thank you. Listen to this. We are not ashamed. <laughs> no, we're not. Of we're not the gospel, of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is God's power of salvation. Salvation. His word. His word. And it's. Everyone, 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 do you believe it? That believe, believe it, and it's to everyone. God will give us more than we can bear. You believe it? He'll never leave us or forsake us. Do you believe it? He has all power in his hands. He has behind us, Satan. He believes us. And just to behold his Oh, there's no greater reward oh, than that. Oh, we are not ashamed to do what God think of about the gospel. God gives us something to do. He could do it himself. He don't need us. God loves us enough to say, go and spread the gospel. To everyone, to everyone, everyone that believe, nobody like him. And it's to everyone, everyone that receiveth, they shall have everlasting
of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus. I want it, Lord. Oh, give the Lord a hand praise. That's spreading the gospel. He's worthy. He's worthy to be praised. And now there may be some watching, those in here, who prepare to, to give. The Bible says God loves a cheerful giver. The gospel is, Lord, this ain't mine anyway. You gave it to me. You're just asking for a little potion. You're so kind. 10% and let me live on the 90. That will be multiplied by the Holy Ghost. Oh, glory to God. Give to God. The ushers will come if you're here. And we have given you every opportunity virtually to give. To give to God. For the building of God's kingdom here on earth. Now, as we prepare, you prepare to leave this holy ground, God's house, beautiful God's house. We ask you to stand to your feet. And leave with the word of God all over you to go and spread the gospel, the good news. We hear enough bad news. The gospel is good news. You know it. Say it with me. God is good all the time. And all the time. God. I said God. God is good. Tell somebody. Let the church say.